You're listening to the Creating Resilience podcast with Anne Diamond's Creative Changemaker. I'm passionate about helping clients create calm in their busy lives by having more creative playtime. In each episode, I'll be sharing easy ways to sneak some creativity into your life, whatever it may throw at you. From my own experiences and those of my invited guests, we'll show you how you can overcome any challenge and build your own resilience toolkit. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, Alyssa Smith. Um, This is our episode six of the Creating Resilience podcast, and I'm really excited to welcome you this week, Alyssa, as a guest. You um, have been an amazing uh, pod leader in the Lisa Johnson One-to-Many course that I've been doing this year, and um, you've recently had a Forbes article published and appeared on Fox News talking about compassionate time management, and you also run the Stressless Lounge. So um, I'm really excited to hear more about your work and how creativity has helped you become more resilient. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you, Alyssa Smith. Thank you so much, Anne. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. I really love the the concept behind this podcast and really creating and creativity play a part. It plays a massive part in it. Um, yes, thank you for that great introduction. So yes, I was featured in Forbes magazine and, and um, they were interested in my self-compassionate time management model and my 3S framework, which I can talk about a little bit more too. Um, but also, um, yeah, and, and Fox News kind of the same, the same topic. So Basically, so I'm a time strategist. And what that means is that I help women to take back their time and really reclaim their hours and their lives. And I do that by helping helping them overcome their overwhelm and pare down their schedules in line with what really aligns with them so that they can focus on what they love and what's really important. And they just are spending their time and energy only on those things. So I come from a background of a lot of self-sabotage. I mean, I, I've spent the last five or six years just really getting clear on the brain science behind what is it, what does it take to overcome all of that um, sort of brain fog that we can get into and, and the unhelpful coping mechanisms that we lean on, like procrastination and um, just, you know, even just forgetting to plan. I was just, I just got off of a, a call with a client and we were just talking about how weird is it that as busy women, we block in time to say, go pick the children up from school. And that's a non-negotiable, but like blocking out time to eat lunch is not always as an, as, as non-negotiable as the other things. So yeah, right. It's like a common issue with the, with the daily taking care of ourselves. So that is my goal as a time strategist to help women who are really struggling to, um, with procrastination, with putting themselves last, their needs, their needs go unmet. They're exhausted all the time to help them get back control and get back into the driver's seat, because that's what I needed. And I learned so much going through my own healing process. And I built this incredible life that I love, including my whole business and the way that I even structure the time during my day, you know, the time that I take for myself and I don't feel guilty anymore about it. Overcoming guilt is a huge thing that I help my clients with because that's often one of the things standing in the way of them prioritizing themselves. That sounds amazing because, I mean, and women generally are expected to play the caring role, aren't they? And the caring role means that your needs aren't always uh, taken into account. So um, 
that's really amazing the work that you're doing um, excuse me a minute. That's a perfect example there. My child and my daughter is just shouting up the stairs. She didn't realize I was recording. So there you go. It's a perfect example. You know, the mom life, you know, it's 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 a challenge to really yeah. make the space and time for ourselves that we need, right? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So so this this podcast is about create creativity as a resilience tool. So I'm really interested to hear how you've used creativity in your own uh, life and in your business. So would you be able to share some more about that? I would love to. So it's, so I'm an artist at heart, which is such an interesting piece to have next to time strategy because time strategy, the way people perceive time management is a very formulaic sort of rigid structured thing. I have a secret for you. <laughs> it's not, but <laughs> it's actually a very creative process, but I'll tell you a couple of different ways that creativity has played a huge role for me in my own coming back from a very traumatized state several years ago. So when I also am really, I like to geek out on the brain science behind all of it. So I'm going to be bringing a little bit of that into my description. Oh, me so too. Basically, I, love it. I love it. I can't get enough of it. So carry yes, on. Yes, right? Yeah, yeah, left brain, right brain. I'm in. Okay. Uh, so when I was kind of crawling out of this hole seven years ago, I just, I was in such a dark place. I had been traumatized in every possible fashion, been through abuse um, all near death experience with birthing my son and, and, and thankfully he and I both survived and we're doing beautifully now, but it, it was very dicey at the beginning. So there were all these different things, medical problems, um, you know, lost my main significant relationships in life at that time, all at the same, within the same, like 18 oh. months. And there was a period of nine months in there where I actually couldn't even walk. Um, without massive complications. And so I was a runner and an athlete before that. And I think when you go through hardship that takes away the things that you used to identify yourself with, going whenever you, we as humans lose things that we were, our identity was a bit dependent on. And not, and not that it's bad to have your identity dependent on things that make you happy. But um, whenever that happens, or whenever things don't go the way that we wanted them to go, there is an opportunity there. There's sort of a fork in the road and we can choose ourselves to like sort of comfort and care for ourselves through it, or we can choose to abandon ourselves. And the way that that worked for me is that I had abandoned myself so much from people pleasing. And then the trauma was kind of on top of this whole layer uh, you know, layer upon layer of people pleasing and low self-worth, low self-esteem, history of depression, all those kinds of things. Then all the traumas hit and it just really shook me to my core. So at that point I had this opportunity. I didn't like it at the time, but I had this opportunity to either start to reclaim bits of myself or to continue to abandon myself and go down the path of no return. And I had this baby, you know, this newborn baby at the time, who was probably a toddler by the time I got to this space. But I knew that I needed to take back some things about my identity in order to survive and to help him survive. And so bit by bit, just baby step by baby step, I started doing things that made me feel like myself. And I come from an artistic background. And so one of the things I started to do again was paint. Oh, and my. so 
Yes. And we lived in a really gorgeous location just outside Manhattan. And I, I was overlooking the Hudson River and I just went out to the balcony and just started taking pictures of the water. And so I <laughs> actually, it brings up a little emotion for me. There was one day where I was just, we were, my son and I were just alone in the house and he was, I don't know, maybe 14 months, 15 months, something he was able to stand and he liked to do artistic things with me. So I got my paints out and my canvas and a, and a photo that I wanted to paint. And I set him up with his little thing. And we had this like worship music going. And so at the time it was like this moment where it was like, this is who I really am. Right. And the music and the, the, the paint and the smell of the paint and the feel of the brush in my hand and, and looking at the photography that I had done. And, and it was like this moment that reminded me that I love nature that's who I am. I love expressing myself through art. That's who I am. I love this child. That's who I am. I love this music. That's who I am. And so for me, that was a defining moment of my path back to myself. So that is a massive way. And I just recently, I'm, I've, I've moved now. I'm not in Manhattan anymore. And we're back in Indiana. We're on a farm. It's, and it's just brilliant because every day I spend in nature and he spends in nature. He's seven now. And so he just runs and we, and we just, we take pictures in the woods and we, he sketches what he sees. And, and I think that after everything that he's been through as well, because it's still been a bumpy path since that time, you know, it brings him back to this center when he's sketching, when he's drawing, when he's making things up, imagining things. And it's been a real example for me in my journey to join him in that space. So that is one big, huge way that creativity has impacted my resilience and has brought, because it brought me back to who I really am. That's so powerful, Alyssa. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, it's amazing how the multi-sensory aspect comes in, isn't it? You know, your sights, your, your, the smells, the sounds, all the we, we, they, they all connect together and, um, it's it's so powerful to have these anchors as well isn't it you know it's that's amazing so are you still painting yeah, it's really incredible so yes yeah, so i actually um i was just i was gonna say that so we're in this really beautiful space now you know we've got lots of nature around and about a month and a half ago two months ago i realized okay so i don't have like a space, like a studio space where I could just set up and leave my paints up. So I need something. And for a long time, I thought, well, I just can't paint. But then a friend of mine said, oh yeah, you can. They have like little travel kits. Like you, you can just buy yourself a little yeah. travel easel and just everything goes back in the box. So I just bought one of those and I started painting again about Amazing. a month ago. So, and how, how's that made you feel? Because you've obviously been very busy recently. So has that helped? I have been busy. It has. It's a good way. So when... Yeah, things at work ramp up for a busy woman. We have to have things that bring us back down and remind us of who we really are in, in that personal space as well to kind of float the good things that are happening and to float the challenges that are happening. And so for me, I found that, yeah, just getting getting the canvas out, getting my palette made, mixing colors, I, I just, for me, the, the mixing of the colors and the paint. And if I, when I get a studio space, I'm gonna go mm -hmm. back to oil painting. Right now I'm doing acrylics, but oil is my favorite. So, um, that has been incredible for the last, because it has been, you're right. I mean, like <laughs> the Forbes took my pitch and it was like, boom, 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 boom. All these different things. And of course I'm so grateful for those, you know, because especially seven years ago when I was like yeah. laying on the floor crying, it's like, life is never going to get good again. 
I could never have imagined how good life got, but also to help us widen our capacity for success and for good things. We have to keep coming back to that home base, whatever it is for you creatively. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you, you talked about the, the brain science, but you know, when, when they when we're in fight, flight, freeze or fawn, as some people include as well, that bit of our brain yes. is the brain that gets shut off first. So if we can connect and unhook yeah. from that and connect with our creative side, we're immediately allowing ourselves to come out of the, that cycle and, and process, process our yes. thoughts to connect with ourselves a bit better, aren't we? So Exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, because the things that, you know, the survival brain science, of course, like, you know, you and I, we, we talk about this, but the, the basics of the survival brain that it doesn't, it can't tell the difference between a small stressor, like being five minutes late for an appointment or yeah. being actually chased and running for your life from a wild animal. So it, anything we can do when we are feeling any stress in our bodies that will that we could not do while we're running from a wild animal, such as taking a moment for some creative space, for some writing, for some, you know, for some reading, for for a little bit of art, for, you know, just even even just being spontaneous is a bit of creativity that your brain can't do if you're actually running from a wild animal. Yeah. You can't really, you know, because you're just in that survival space. And yes, Fawn, I think I believe hundred percent that that people pleasing space. A lot of us, a lot of women deal with that particular fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response mm -hmm. um, to just start pleasing people in order to get our, make sure our needs don't go unmet. So the other aspect of creativity I would say that really helps with resilience is that when I work with women, our, my primary focus is helping them operate and hack that survival brain response. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when you notice your stress symptoms, by then taking a step back and instead of trying to fix it by actually just focusing on nurturing yourself, doing something creative, getting grounded again, that is actually the key to overcoming the stressors and to making good decisions. Like you said, the higher level thinking is closed down with that fight, fight, freeze, fawn response. So for time management, what that looks like is if you're procrastinating, there's some that has worked for you in that in the past it's a risk management issue yeah. so if you ever learned that you're if you procrastinate or if you do something imperfectly or if you don't perform at a high level that you are going to be rejected made fun of shamed that's a really big risk as a child so yeah. you would have learned if I go ahead and do the project and don't worry about what people think I'm going to not get my need met I'm going to be shamed. I'm going to have, you know, privileges taken away. I'm going to, you know, be berated. I'm going to have less worth. Therefore, I will have less opportunity to have my needs met as a child. And so for a child, they don't have any say over getting their own needs met. They're de totally dependent on the care caregiver. So that's why this survival mechanism is actually really important and really helpful for a long time. But then when we come into adulthood and I'm procrastinating my project or I'm procrastinating my bedtime or I'm procrastinating my self-care or making that medical appointment, it's not serving me anymore. No, it's a habit, isn't it? It is. And it's, and it's ingrained deeply in that survival response. So what I do as a time strategist is I help peel back the layers of the survival response, which includes helping my clients get really creative. So if their window of tolerance for change is very small, 
then what we do is we take the focus off the thing that's stressing them and we get really with what makes them feel themselves. For some of my clients, like I have one client, she just really loves swimming. And so for her, that's her creative expression. She'll go to the pool and mm. she just, she loves the sensory input and it, she loves the quiet and she, it's her thinking space. I have another client who will sit and do, you know, Sudoku puzzles. I have another client who will actually get out her paints and her drawing stuff. So we build in safety spaces into yeah. the schedule and into the day so that we promote the brain feeling more and more and more and more safe. That window of tolerance for change gets bigger and bigger the more safe you feel. So bringing create, I have to be creative in my job to figure out what is the thing for each client. Yeah. And it's not always the same. It's generally in the same category, but then we also have to actually create spaces to be creative. I have another client who um, has a daughter and when she knows that when, and, and her daughter's going through some stuff, she knows that when she lays out all the colored pencils and all of the nice paper and different little glitter and different things out on the, the porch, table in her screened in porch that, that if she'll sit down and start doing it her daughter will just gravitate and come right. and it's their bonding their attachment space mm -hmm. it's their attachment safe space so I also specialize in relationship attachment and that's one of the things that bonds us as being creative together so yeah, those I are mean, all the ways that's brilliant I mean the, you know the whole the whole the whole I mean, we, we could talk for hours on this but I mean I'm I've my I specialize with my art foundation on the experiential aspect of creativity so people describing their experiences and, and I'm most often sharing that creative experience regardless of what they're doing was more powerful than doing it on your own because you're connecting with other people but through an activity that, regardless yeah. whether it was music or art or whatever and it's, it's just so powerful that you share that energy together because you're focusing on a shared task yeah um, absolutely Oh, that's so fascinating. I'm, I'm really grateful for you sharing all that, Alyssa. Your work sounds absolutely amazing. Um, how can people connect with you and find out more how to work with you? Yes, ladies, I would love for you to come and join me in the Stressless Lounge on Facebook. Come find the group. You can also follow me on Instagram. My handle is at your best moment is now. Cool. I'll share all that in the, in the show notes. Um, Great. So that would be wonderful. And um, I'll also share a link to your article, your Forbes article, so people can read Thank that you. too. Excellent. Yes, the three S framework is in there, and that's the that's the other thing that I would want people to know is it's very attainable if you want to manage your time better, and that article details all of it. Do you want to briefly describe what the three S framework is, or do you want them to read the article? Um, I'm happy to do both. I, I can, I'll just say really quickly, the three S's, anytime you notice that you're in that survival response, anytime you're stressed, the first step is safety. So take a break from the stressor, go for a walk, take three deep breaths. Number two is self-care, self-nurturing. So focus on your five senses. If you make a hot cup of tea, it hits four out of the five senses, by the way. Just do something to where you're being mindful and that creates safety in the brain. And then support, connection with people who care about you. It creates a massive amount of safety in the brain. So that combined with the self-care and taking a break from the stressor centers you again, gets you access to your left brain. You can be more productive and manage your time better. Brilliant. Thank you so much. That's a really good summary. I'm making a cup of tea. Who knew that could be, could be so wonderful? Right? Yeah. Well, they have Japanese okay. tea ceremonies, don't they? I mean, that's a real centralized thing. And yeah. It's a mindful practice. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah, I'm studying um, a, uh, acceptance commitment therapy combined with mindful movement. And we have this brilliant uh -huh. movement where we just unhook from the thoughts, get out of that fight flight. So we just lift our arms 
and, and above our head and then just unhook and that simple movement helps Beautiful. us create that space to, to move forward. So it's so many it. things we could do, aren't there? So Yes. Amazing. So, so and I'm so grateful for you being on the podcast and um, I'll share all me. the links in the notes and um, look forward to seeing the rest of what, what other work you, you share with the world because um, I guess now you've done one article, you might have to do some more. Yes, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me and it's been such a pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So that's all for this time. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and please share with anyone you know who might benefit from hearing what we discussed today. If you want to find out more about how I can help you create change in your life and discover more creative ways to living and working well, you can check out my website at www.worksafeandwell.co.uk where you can read the weekly blog posts and book a free Power Hour Discovery Call. You can also download a free guide to taming your stress triggers from the website at worksafeandwell.co.uk forward slash overwhelmed hyphen and hyphen stressed. For all links to my creative work, look up my Linktree link forward slash and diamond artist. I also run a private Facebook Beat Burnout support group. The links to that and all the other ones mentioned here are in the show notes below. Until next time, stay safe and well and keep creating.